What's going on, guys? This is Passive Wealth Strategies for Busy Professionals. Thank you for tuning in. Happy to be talking with you today. Today, we have a great interview for you with Adam Adams from Real Blue Spruce. For those of you who don't know, I'm your host, Taylor Lote. I am a busy professional. I am a real estate investor and a real estate syndicator. I buy multifamily real estate with passive investors, and I love talking about investing and investing my money, helping my friends and family and, and everybody else get into real estate investing without buying themselves another job. Today is an awesome episode from the standpoint of a syndicator who is looking to uh, build their investor database, their investor list, and their brand. Adam is an expert at branding, building networks, building systems around your business. So we're going to talk all about that today. A lot of great tips if you're someone that wants to run a networking event. Adam is one of the leading experts in putting one of those together and running that as a, at an expert level. So we're going to talk about all that today. Without any, any further ado, here we go with Adam Adams from Real Blue Spruce and the Creative Real Estate Podcast. Adam Adams, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to talk with you again. It's always a lot of fun. I always get a tremendous amount of value from talking with you. So I certainly appreciate everything that you've taught me so far. But for the folks out there who don't know who you are, could you please introduce yourself for us and give us some context about what you do? Yeah, great. So my family has always been in real estate investing. So I kind of got into real estate investing just by uh, thinking there was nothing else out there. You know, my parents weren't doctors or whatever. So I just did what they did and, and that's investing in commercial real estate. And so I got started doing that um, about 14, 15 years ago now. And I really never looked back. It started out as a side gig for many, many years. And around 2000. 16, the very beginning of 16, I had doubled my money twice in a very short amount of time wow. in real estate. And so I was like, okay, well, now I'm just going to quit my job finally. Um, <laughs> after I had done it for so long, I just decided to do only this. And, you know, if, if I was doubling my money every eight days, like I was those two times, then I, I'd be very well off right now. But um, it doesn't always have, you know, there's big, good ones. And, and then there's uh, other ones that kind of struggle. And sometimes you got to find deals. But in general, um, what I'm known for in the syndication space is, is branding. I help a lot of people uh, to brand themselves, to um, grow their influence through meetups or through um, Facebook presence, uh, through running Facebook groups, uh, hacking into the Facebook algorithms, or uh, of course, podcasting. I have several students that have have uh, very quickly become a one per a top one percent podcast in just a few weeks. Um, we've we've got the algorithms hacked in for anything you want to do with Facebook Meetup or podcasts and. So really what I do is I help people brand themselves a little bit better so that they can attract their perfect target investor. Awesome. That's a great summary and a really great topic for anyone out there who's looking to, to raise money and to grow their real estate business. And, uh, you know, I just, I just kind of want to run down the list of the things that you do and some of the areas where you've 
helped me and 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 my knowledge base. And first, let's talk about the the meetup and hosting a real estate meetup to attract investors to your business. So you at least used to host a meetup. Do you still do that? And what did it look like when uh, you're doing it? Yeah. So my meetup uh, history goes like this. I was new to, I was new to Denver um, in 2015 and I was having a really hard time, um, you know, getting to know other investors. I had been investing at the time for about 10 years and um, I was in a new city and I was trying to figure that out. How do I do that? And somebody taught me about meetup. And as I started to look at meetups and uh, I noticed that they had something in common. All of the meetups that were, had anything to do with real estate in my area, they were meeting around 6 p.m. in the middle of the week. And that was a really tough time for me. It seemed like everybody else, that was easy. And so I, I got this brilliant idea that, you know, what if I could start a meetup? So in 2016, I, I, I actually started a, a meetup group. And um, with one thing that I hope to um, relay to the listener right now is in anything that we're going to talk about today on the podcast, it's really more of a ready aim fire. Um, everybody's been really uh, pounded in, in um, and just drilled in that it was important to do ready, fire, aim. And I completely understand that. I understand that it, that why it doesn't always have to be perfect and why just starting is sometimes better than not. But uh, oftentimes when having a meetup group or especially a podcast, um, we really want you to walk away from this podcast saying that I need to do ready, aim, fire, because there's a lot of preparation that goes behind the scenes before you launch a podcast to make sure that you're going to have some real listeners. And, um, and okay, but talking about, talking about meetups, what I did to, to ready, aim, fire is I looked out at all of the different possibilities of having a meetup. Okay. So I could, I could charge this much. I could meet at this time. I could, um, I could meet at this type of a place. I could, uh, I could have a, try to have a lot of people. I could try to have a little people, uh, a fewer amount of people. And, and as I looked at all of the options of when people were meeting, what they were teaching, uh, what the group was called, how they um, allowed the members to introduce themselves or not, what they would charge. My, my main goal was to spend a lot of time doing recon. That's the ready aim fire. Uh, to do a lot of recon and just understand that I was going to be having a group that stood out a amongst the crowd stood out differently from a whole bunch of you know similar things that were already there because when when people feel like they have 10 choices then what they'll do is they'll just go to the one that kind of just fits their schedule oh well you know i my kids didn't have a soccer game tonight so i was able to attend and so for me i wanted i wanted to have something that was so different that um, so special, so unique that it really was the only one like it. So I created the first lunch club in Denver. Um, I created, it was, it was the only creative real estate 
everything there was there's a few you know different types but none of them were called creative um, most of them charged a certain amount of money and so I wanted to be able to eloquently express that we're the only one that does this this and this we're the only place that you can go to get XYZ and so that's where I started and I went ahead and launched it and it you know over a short amount of time, we, we went weekly. It was the only weekly one. And, you know, my pitch for that for people was just, um, and it's a true pitch, but you, you're going you're gonna to want to maybe imitate this or copy this in your own market. Because the value that you're providing when you're doing a meetup, you're, the value you're really providing is, is for the, the attendees. Um, you want them to be able to get knowledge. You want them to be able to um, get along with people, meet people. And so what was really different by just meeting weekly is I could say, you, you need to get into this business. You need to do this and that. And the, what you're going to need to do that is partners, which was obvious. And um, if you go to those other meetup groups and you're trying to find partners, well, it takes on average about six times and actually now in 2019, 2020, it's actually a lot more than six times, but back in when, when this was happening, um, the average amount of times that you needed to meet somebody to start trusting them enough to start doing business with them was six. And so I said, if you want, if you want to get into this business and you want to take six whole entire months just to start working with somebody, then go ahead and go to those other ones. But if you, if you want to, in just six weeks, actually be doing this business, then come to this group every single week for the next six weeks. I guarantee you'll find somebody that will allow you to get into this business um, more quickly. Um, and other things like um, giving them an opportunity to introduce themselves. Those were all big things. Um, how, we, how we marketed it, how we branded it, um, we were on Facebook. We took pictures at every single one. Um, and we used those pictures and put them back on Meetup, put them on LinkedIn, put them on Facebook, um, and um, put quotes behind them and started to say things like, you missed it. And the other problem, and this is the last thing that I'll say before you ask questions. The other <laughs> problem that I see a lot of other people doing is, oh, we meet every single month. And that's all they say. They, they will say, we meet every month and they will stop. And they'll be like, so you should come because we just meet every month. But the problem is that most human beings, especially me, uh, a father of a couple kids, um, some of them have drum lessons, some have soccer lessons, some have band concerts, whatever. And um, if we are busy in our business, we're working on our relationships with our significant other, we're, we have these other things that we're working on and our own hobbies. If they just simply meet every month there and we get busy right before it happens, we're highly probably likely to literally just walk away and say, oh, well, I can't get this one, but it's okay. They're all the same. Mm -hmm. So I'll just go next month. So what we do um, differently that's going to help you, the listener, when you're having your own meetup group is that the way you market, the way you brand every single event needs to be that every single event is completely special. It will change their life and they will never find it again. Every event has to be special, life-changing, and, and unique. And 
they all are. And I, I see you smiling, and uh, which means the listener's probably smiling, being like, oh, is this just a marketing scheme? And it's not just a marketing scheme. We do things like this. So I'll bring in um, a fix and flipper to do a scope of work. And then, I'll, then when I market in a brand, I will call people on the phone or I'll make a Facebook group. And I'll, I'll literally say, um, if you're not doing this detailed type of a scope of work, you're leaving a ton of money on the table. And if you're doing multiple flips per year, you're probably losing hundreds of thousands of dollars if you don't come to this one event. And that's what I say to the flippers. And then what I'll, and it's true. And then I go to the, the, the wholesalers and I say, look, every serious uh, flipper is going to be at this event. If you want to meet actual flippers who are actually buying deals and not just tire kickers and you're a wholesaler, you've got to be at this event. It doesn't matter if you need to learn scope of work or not. The serious flippers are here. And so that gets them there. And all the newbies, I, I can be like, if, if you want to make mistakes, like all of these flippers that are going to be on my stage made mistakes and lost money, go ahead and do that. But if you want to streamline your success and do your first flip the way that they're doing this after dozens of years of experience collectively, then you need to be at this event. And so it turns it into something more than just, oh, they meet monthly and it's like, I, if I don't go there, I'm going to lose hundreds of thousands this year. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, there's, there's so much in there. Right. And, and I came to your meetup uh, when I was in Denver for the best ever conference almost three years ago now. And it was great. You, you packed the house. You had a great panel. It was awesome. And uh, we hadn't actually met at that point. I hadn't met you. I didn't know who you were. I'd actually sat next, next to, I believe she was your girlfriend at the time. I yeah. don't know if you guys are still together or whatnot, but we are, we are. All right. Well, well, great. She was very nice and and told me about you a bit. And I was just like, I got to meet this guy. But um, so what you're telling me, you know, hosting this weekly and and making sure you have a really life changing topic every week and marketing it well, I host a monthly meetup here. And to be honest with you, I took last month off and this month off because frankly, it's, it's not high enough on my list or I don't have the time to really I mean, make those like events happen like that. Like that is an incredible amount of work to do that weekly and and get it out there and get the topic going, get the speaker and everything. So you have a lot of my kudos there because you know, folks that haven't tried to run an event maybe don't appreciate just what goes into it. Even a one that's fairly straightforward, it's a it's a not an easy thing to do in any sense. Well, Taylor, may I address that? Um, because you're Please. not alone. You're not alone at all. Uh, a lot of people, they get busy and th they'll skip the summer. They'll be like, oh, well, no one's going to come anyway. It's the summer. Yeah. And I've got so much going on. You know, it's the summer. And a lot of people also skip, uh, you know, their, uh, Thanksgiving time, Christmas time, and uh, first of, so they'll skip like the winter months as well. And, you know, sooner or later, they're not hosting any events because like it wasn't a priority and they felt like it was um, difficult hosting events. And I'm not going to say it's completely easy to host an event, but I want to give your listener a little bit of secret sauce that is going to help them a lot. Um, what you want to do, just like I said, you want to ready, aim, fire. Stop going ready, fire, aim. If you're ready, fire, aim, the problem is you're always behind the eight ball and, and it's always difficult to, to keep up on it. So 
what I would suggest instead, um, the system's going to help you uh, host more events. And what that's going to be is if you're doing a weekly, and I know you mentioned that you're doing monthly except, you know, um, November and December. But if even, even if you're doing weekly, here's what you would do. You would list out 100 topics that are possible. And then you would start writing next to them the best presenters or speakers or panelists that could speak at that event. And then you want to start uh, determining which of those 100 topics that could be taught at your meetup, which of those 100 topics could actually, um, would actually draw the biggest crowd do you have the easiest time marketing? So once you've done that, you can pick your 52 or even just your 12 different topics for the year. Um, we actually did 51 because we always took Thanksgiving off. But yeah, 52 <laughs> uh, meetings, you just circle the ones that, that are going to be the best. And then all you do is you call one restaurant and you say, I need to book your restaurant every third week, every third Thursday of the, of, of the month for, you know, 2021 or whatever. Um, and so you get it all booked out. The restaurant's taken care of already. The topics are taken care of already. And then if your listener will use this um, simple pitch to call the speakers and the presenters and the panelists, um, they're going to get a lot of yeses. It won't be so stressful. It's usually stressful because what people do is they call and they say, hey, Taylor Lowe, I think you, the world of you. Um, if you're ever coming into Denver, I'd love to have you as a speaker. And Taylor Lowe's like, well, I don't know if I'm planning. I will be there, you know, for the best ever conference in that area. And maybe we can do it then. And it, it gets like, so difficult because you've basically given your presenter too many choices. And so here's the, here's the brilliant pitch that you're going to use that, that solves everything. So you take those 52 times or just 12 times if you just want to meet once a month and, and you actually fill in the calendar a hundred percent, everything that's going to happen for next year um, in 2021 or whatever. So then you fill it in, and you've literally written down Taylor Lote is going to speak on July 5th. And then what you do is you call Taylor and like, what's up, Taylor? Uh, how, how's it going? I just wanted to let you know um, my meetup is crushing it. And I've got 52 meetings happening and actually have one opening. And I was thinking that I need somebody who's, who's, not only an apartment investor, but also runs uh, an effective podcast. So I thought of you first, and that opening is July 5th. And what I could do is I could have you in front of these, the audience. I could give you this, I could give you that, and I could give you this. Like basically, I can give you the list of attendees so that you can stay in contact with them, or I can, I can pass them your, your sheets or whatever. You just give them a couple of benefits. So Taylor, I've got 52 meetings. They're all legit. People like Joe Fairless and Adam Adams and all these other people are, are going to be speaking. And I've got this one spot open. It's July 5th. Can you take it or should I call a different podcaster who does apartment investing to take that spot? Or if you're, if you're calling a self-directed IRA investing company, then you'll say, look, I need a self-directed retirement specialist. I like your company the best. I vetted you. I've got one spot opening. August 9th, 
would you like this or should I call a different IRA, self-directed IRA company? <laughs> and every single time that that is said, Taylor Lotz like, no, 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 no. Don't give it to a different podcaster. Yeah. The self-directed IRA company says, no, 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 no. Don't give it to my competition. We'll make that work. We will make that work. We'll be there. Don't even worry. We got you. And then right after they, they agree, you have to double check with them. Then you'll say this. You'll say, look, Taylor, I'm writing this not in pencil, <laughs> in pen. Um, this is a firm appointment on my end. I just want to make sure before I get off the phone that it's absolutely in your calendar. Um, so, so you put it in the calendar before I get off the phone because uh, I'm not messing around. And if it's not you, I'm getting somebody else who's a podcaster. And so you're like, no, look at him. I, I literally put it in my calendar. This is a hundred percent chance. I'm not just penciling you in. And that's how you get off the phone. And it's, literally worked a hundred percent of the time everybody's bent over backwards been uh ultimately they've they've done the day and the time exactly to what i've needed because we we give them the value and then we we do the takeaway close we're like i'll give it to you or i can give your spot to a different person that's your exact competition um it it works every single time and then you have it on paper already and now all you got to do is buy the certain amount of equipment that you know, you're going to need. And the rest is on autopilot. Like you, you schedule, you can have a VA or an assistant, or you can just take one day, one full long day to just schedule the entire year. And you'll never have to worry about it again. You can easily have 52 uh, events and it will only take you a max of two weeks, like literally a max of two weeks to get 52 events scheduled. The restaurants are done in a day. The, the presenters are just done, you know, a little bit slowly, but that is foolproof. That'll work for you, and it'll solve the problem from you having to take, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas off. Nice. I really appreciate that. Uh, I love the pitch. And I don't mean to, uh, I don't want to waffle or make excuses about taking these uh, last month and this month off. I mean, it's, it was just, it got to be, I hadn't done a lot of the prep work and I have deals on my plate and running the podcast and the day job. And it was just, all right, something's got to go to the back burner so I can get all this done. And uh, if I had maybe taken a, a couple of weeks early on in the year to plan the full year out, then, then I might be in a different position. I am working on 2020 as we speak, but, uh, you know, it's a great point. I appreciate the, the pitch because it's always, it's a little, uh, intimidating the first couple of times when you're approaching potential speakers and they're like, who is this guy? He's wasting my time. Like another knucklehead with a, a meetup that wants to waste my time. And, uh, you know, once you get a few under, I have over 500 members of my meetup right now. And I mean, I can, I can get 50 people in a room and I mean, that's valuable to a lot of people, an audience of 50 people who are already the vast majority of them are real estate investors with 10 plus doors a piece. I mean, that's a, a valuable uh, room to have, but it's taken me two and a half years to get to this point. Yeah. Well, I, I hope that that was valuable to a listener Absolutely. who definitely wants to start a meetup because I, 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 uh, troubleshooted for a long time and you know I gained these pitches and processes over over to over time so 
Well, you've given me, uh, uh, whether deliberately or not, you've given me uh, tasks to do over the next couple of weeks uh, myself. So moving on down the, I suppose, down the funnel. So the whole point of, from a syndication standpoint, the whole point of running a meetup really is to build relationships with partners and investors primarily. I mean, we want to build our investor list so that we can go buy a 10 or $20 million building and, and raise all the equity that we need. And you're at that point now. So you know, let's talk about the, the actual process of turning those meetup attendees into, say, pre-existing relation, people with pre-existing relationships with you who you can present a 506B deal to, and they're going to say, I'm in. Great. Well, um, the first thing that needs to be said is that depending on what attorney you're working with, the, the um, definition of you know, having uh, a, a uh, what is a substantive relationship yeah. changes a little bit. And so one thing that I'll say is, is if you have people sign in at the beginning of every meetup, you, uh, you have proof that you like saw them multiple times between, you know, whatever the date and time, because we, we um, have a sign in sheet. And all we do is we actually at the top, we change the date the presenter's name and the presentation name um, at the top. That's it. So we'll we'll print um, three things, three sheets off for everyone, and people will sign in, and that shows. Look, <laughs> we were there together at this one date and time. The other thing that my team I've planned on doing and have done of uh, the entire time is I always felt like I wanted to be the anti-sales person. I did so much sales in, like I, I did six years of door-to-door -door sales. Ugh. And as I did that, I learned a bunch of, you know, psychological tricks. And, and now when other people use those same things when, with me, like the Cutco guy was calling me <laughs> recently and um uh you know they're they're full of these um sales tactics and when people use them with me just because i've been around them so much i immediately roll my eyes so my goal is always to be able to um, bring people into my fold without having to persuade them that way and so i've really decided not to push anything so, but more to just be a light beacon and I'm an apartment investor. I invest with other people. And um, if you ever want to invest with me, come and talk to me, but that's really it. I give everyone the opportunity to introduce themselves and then I do too. Now, something that uh, with my coaching clients that are working to go to the next level, um, I don't think that they have two and a half years to slowly build these relationships. I'm trying mm -hmm. to give them more of a streamlined approach. So while I will uh, honestly say that what I do is just keep hosting events and never push anything, and I still get plenty of investors, what I do to help my clients get there faster is I do something called um, <laughs> uh, lead magnets. So I teach them how to make these things called lead magnets. So it makes it a bit easier for you. And all that is, is you, you um, this sounds kind of complicated, so I apologize. But you first take a, a, a landing page and it's, it's a sales page or a free sales page where they just get your free thing 
by putting in a name and an email and that's it. And then all of a sudden now they have that thing that they want. That's your lead magnet. That's the thing you spent all this time and effort creating that was perfect for your avatar. I call it an avatar, like an ideal investor avatar. Who do you want to invest with you? You know, if you want a doctor or attorney or a lawyer or, a, or I guess attorneys and lawyers are the same, or an engineer <laughs> um, to invest passively in your deal, what are they worried about? What do they want to know? What do they want to learn? What are they struggling with? Do they need to avoid taxes? Do they, are they already curious about um, some type of real estate investment that you know that they would otherwise be searching for? And you can create something like um, the 10 things you need to do before investing passively, something like that. You know, there's a lot of lead magnets that your ideal investor avatar would want. And so you create this white page or a video series and then you make it free for them where they, all they do is they go in, they go to your website, you say, hey, if you want this, text this number, to this word to this number, or if, hey, if you want this, go to my website forward slash invest or forward slash whatever. And um, that's going to help you go to the next level. So they want that thing and they automatically um, get onto your list. And what you'll have after that is follow-up emails. And so the minimum amount that I suggest to clients is at least 12. And they're like, 12? You know, I would have thought one or two or three. But the minimum is 12. And ultimately, if you could have 52, it'd be a lot better. And so all that means is once you, once they get that thing, like this is, here's the three thing, three ways that you can vet a sponsor, okay? Now your, your attorneys are knowing exactly how to vet a sponsor. They, they understand that they need to do a background check or whatever. And in your first email, it sends them something like, it, it talks about the background check and it says, hey, in my next email, I'm going to teach you how to do the background check. Not just that you need to do it, but in my next email, I'm going to teach you how to do a background check. And these emails keep having these things called cliffhangers. Okay, cliffhangers, like when you're watching a show uh, and you literally have to, you have to go back to back to back to back. You can't even go to bed because you're binge watching your show. The reason why is because how um, brilliant the people who have started these shows are. They want to make sure that you have to go to the next one. So you'll do the same thing. You want your perfect avatar, the person who is eventually going to passively invest with you, and you want them to get that first thing and say, oh, this next uh, email is going to be valuable to me. I'm going to wait for it. And so you do cliffhangers at the end of every single email, and you're just staying in front of them. Uh, so that's kind of, if, you, if you're wanting to know how does Adam do it, uh, I just literally become a light beacon and hope, hope some of them come and I've raised millions and millions of dollars through my meetup group um, just by doing that. But I've also helped a lot of uh, clients be able to get hundreds of passive investors to opt into their list because that thing that they're giving, that lead magnet is so valuable to their perfect avatar that people opt into it while they're sleeping. Mm, nice. I like all that. I've got my own little text real estate to three one nine nine six to learn the five things holding you back in real estate. So 
Got my own Perfect. little uh, document. Perfect. 31996. 31996. Yeah. I'm going to write 31996. 31996. Uh, and folks can hear that. Um, but so that's. That's great. So then the next step is to build that uh, substantive relationship with with the investor. But also, I mean, if you can have a substantive relationship with someone, substantive, whatever, however it's pronounced. And but that doesn't mean they're qualified. That doesn't mean they're going to say, you know, once they get your your PPM or whatever you're offering documents to their email, that doesn't mean they're going to say, I need my money to be in this deal. So you know, how are you thinking about really making those investors hungry to, you know, put your money in their deal? In addition to the fact that you, you know, are doing good deals, do great deals, per, absolutely. But we need to present our deals in such a way that folks are, are, like I said, needing to put their money in them. So how do you think about that? Yeah, what we do is I, I, couple these two terms together and everybody knows what persuasion is. Everyone's heard of persuasion. There's this other term that got coined by an author. It's, it's persuasion. It's basically um, getting somebody to already think like you're going to pitch them later. So you, you get them to start thinking that way. And so I couple persuasion with education. And what that means to me is I start saying things like, Really, let's let's go through the four things. Here's the four main things that a passive investor needs to know. They need to know the team. They need to know the market. They need to know the deal. And they need to understand the business plan. Okay, team, market, deal, and the business plan. So those are the four like really main components. And what you want to do is you want to start educating your past investors to what to look for so that they can be safe and strong. And as you're doing that, you're persuading them to, to, um, to your way of thinking. It's almost like, uh, what's the term for it? It's almost like... Um, brainwashing. Uh, brainwashing. Yeah, it's, it's like know. brainwashing. That no, that's actually, that's actually what I was going to say. So nice. it's almost like brainwashing. And what that, what that means to me is you, uh, if you have a podcast, you do it there. If you, if you um, are on Facebook and making a post, you're going to do it there. Or at your meetup group that we're already talking about, you want to do it there. And same thing with these 52 or 12 emails that I mentioned. And same thing with this lead magnet. So for instance, if you say these are the top 10 things that you need to do to, um, to underwrite a market, to make sure you're investing in a good market, and let's say that within that lead magnet, you start talking about the airplane, how the airplane is flying and there's either a headwind or a tailwind. And the market is the headwind or the tailwind. So in, in markets where it's already hit the peak, obviously you have a headwind. So if you're traveling at 500 miles per hour effort and you have a 300 mile per hour headwind, you're just wasting your time because you're really only moving at 200 miles an hour. But if you could find a market that's really emerging, um, you'll do the same effort, 500 miles per hour effort. But with that 300 mile per hour uh, tailwind, you're actually getting 800 miles per hour, which is what's happened with a lot of people that have invested in Texas lately. And actually right now, uh, we are, have looked at 
hundreds of, of markets out there. I've taken my entire team of 12. We've, we've used all these types of websites that we've gone through. We've used all this data. We've collected all of these things. And what we found is that there is a couple of markets that actually will give you that 300 mile per hour tailwind. The main one that we're focused on right now is Oklahoma City because X, Y, Z. And now basically what I'm saying is happening as you go through that education process, which is valuable to your listener or your viewer or your reader, you've also gotten them to say, man, I want to be in Oklahoma City. So later on, Taylor, when you're actually giving them the, the investment opportunity that's in Oklahoma City, they're going to be already pre-programmed that they know Oklahoma City is one of those 300 mile per hour tailwind uh, possibilities that is a diamond in the rough, a needle in the haystack. Very difficult to find something that's been growing 1% year over year for 30 years straight and didn't uh, get affected in the last downturn like all the other spots and have brought on so many jobs. And they're going to be like, holy cow, if I ever could find something in Oklahoma City in months down the road, when you have your opportunity, it's, on, it's in Oklahoma City. They've already been educated or persuaded or, I guess, brainwashed that, um, that the right thing to do is, is to be involved into that. And so it also comes along with psychology as well. And it's something that I said I avoid psychology, but um, you still have to use it when um, presenting deals. So if you know that your uh, offering is going to be oversubscribed, then you need to tell your listener, your audience, your follower that, hey, look, this is going to be oversubscribed for sure. I mean, it's got my team, which is a bad A team. It's got OKC, which obviously is one of the best markets in the nation right now after hundreds of hours of research, dozens of people agreeing. And uh, not only that, but this business plan is perfect for my team. And so, it's obvious that it's going to oversubscribe. So if you want to be a part of it, you're going to want to call me right now and let me know and, and block your spot so that I don't, quote, give it to someone else. I don't want to give your investment spot to somebody else where you could be making, you know, 20% annualized per year and give it to someone else so that they can make 20% while you and go and find an inferior investment opportunity. They don't want their investment opportunity to be given to somebody else. They want to keep them. You've already given it to them. So when you do that takeaway close and also showing them that, that it, humans are like lemmings or like sheep, we, we flock together. We don't, um, we don't want to be the only pioneer. We, we don't always, most of us, most of us, don't feel comfortable um, being the first into something. But if we know that, oh, this is going to oversubscribe, which means a lot of people want to be a part of it, which means I should probably want to be a part of it. And he's telling me that if I don't move fast, I'm not going to be able to have that great spot. Someone else is going to have my spot. They're likely to jump in right then and there. Um, other things that just Real quick, other things that we will do is, is, is how do you reach out to them? Um, and so this is important for your listener. Right now, today, um, as, as we already know, direct mail was once a big thing and then lots of junk mail started happening. And then 
email was once a big thing and then junk email started happening and then phone calls were a thing and then a junk phone call started happening <laughs> right now the best thing that you can be doing is texting and so actually with um active campaign it's something that we use there is a phone number that unfortunately with active campaign it's not going to email you it's not going to text them from your main cell it's going to text them from uh, uh, an active campaign number but anyway what you can do is you can actually create a text blast that is going to have a higher probability of, of a higher open rate than some of the emails and direct mails and things like that and so i would suggest that your listener when they are thinking i'm going to need to have people uh, invest in my deal that they utilize all of them so we actually are are working to utilize more direct mail so we actually have gotten the the uh, address of our passive investors now and their birthdays and we're sending them birthday cards and things like that we're also doing email we'll never not do email but we're also adding these text blasts which um, here's the last um, drop of gold that I'll try to give to the listener um, with these text blasts and here's the issue with most uh, people that do text blast or even email blasts they are extremely business. They're very, very, um, here's the website, here's the this, here's the this. It's just throwing out information. And so what I would say is ask, don't tell. Okay, so we're not into the military, ask, don't tell. It's a different version of ask, don't tell. Um, what we're talking about here is rather, rather than um, just giving a bunch of information where you're overwhelming somebody and making them feel like you've really spammed them get it smaller stop giving links and start just having a question the um, the automated email a text blast that you might have is hey Taylor did you get my email question mark that's it hey first name did you get my email question mark it's almost sure to get a response who's this or yeah I got it <clears throat> or oh no I don't know if I got it yet and now you can actually start um, texting back and forth with that person and allowing for a higher probability of, of I guess connection with them so ask don't tell very very important and short is better than long I know all my answers are long but when we come to uh, when we come to these questions that you're gonna have on a text blast or even emails um, you want it to be as short as possible one or two questions uh, one or two sentences and that is absolutely the max and don't go anywhere past that don't give too much information um, just create the engagement it's a lot of work but right now we have something called VAs and for 1100 bucks a month, I can have somebody working for me full time uh, following up with these and I can do something that is um, very beneficial by, by always um, asking questions and, and which goes, if they say this, then we do this question. If they say this other thing, then we send the other question. And so there's only two options at any one point. Whereas I can lead the conversation by questions exactly where I want it to go. And I can pre-script those canned 
responses ahead of time. And if they ever go outside the box, my VA will just call me on Skype or however you do it. And she'll say, hey, this person said this, what do you want me to do? And then I can get involved. So it's benefited us a lot to keep passive investors on our list and actually investing in the deals. Interesting. So that VA is just texting. Is she using the active campaign number to, to text them? Yeah, there's a different. So we have also simple texting. I, mm -hmm. um, so we use active campaign and we use simple texting and um, simple texting can't, I believe, um, so I'm not the technologist in my team. There's two other people that are a lot smarter than me that um, run these things. But I think that it's simple texting that allows me to text from my phone number and I can actually reply to them on that number. On active campaign, if I remember correctly, you can't reply to them on the text. At, hmm. So I, I, would, I just need to get into it to remember which one's which and how they work. But it, even though I don't have the full answer, we, we, like, we actually do use this. So we're using this uh, every single deal. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, uh, be more than happy to uh, have those folks on the show if they're open to talking. And I think the advantage of partnering with people who know things that you don't know is that they can handle you know, those things and be expert at, experts at those things. And you can be an expert at what you do and everybody goes further together. So I don't think yeah. there's anything wrong with that at all. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it's more of an inspiration to somebody else who's saying, Adam, this is going over my head. How am I going to do this? Well, don't worry. I don't, I don't even look at this stuff. It's stressful for me. So I, I, come up with an idea and then I talk to the team and I'm like, team, can we implement something like this? And they go and look for the technology and then we get it implemented and it's been working well like that in our business. Interesting. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. I mean, I, I'm, I, I was just working on my system today. I mean, we should always, always be working on our systems, but I'm using clothes and MailChimp primarily, but you guys did a, a one of your business partners did a webinar recently on, active campaign in your Facebook group. And I was not available at the time when it was live, but I need to go back and watch that because I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of great information in there. And I'm always looking for, I'm happy to change systems if there's a compelling reason why. And it sounds like active campaign so popular uh, that it might be a compelling reason. You, you, two, two things right off the bat. Um, MailChimp's delivery rate is the lowest of any um, mailing software because they make it easy, most easy to get people's names and emails on there. So they basically ask you, did this person tell you specifically that they want to be on your list? And you just say yes or no. And that's really all they check. And because of that, um, because it's so easy to get people on the list, um, many people have done that. And so whenever it comes from MailChimp, um, it automatically has been tainted, not by you, but by other users that, um, that just uh, put, on, put random people on their list and it becomes spam. So it's best um, to not use MailChimp. That's probably the lowest deliverable rate. Um, but ActiveCampaign is cool because it does everything that MailChimp does. And it also um, is kind of like a Trello board. 
You can uh, drag people across. You can pull the deals across, and you can really keep track of things um, like that. Not only that, but the emails that go back and forth between you and your passive investor, though all of those with or without you actually even trying to make this happen, they get saved under the database for that passive investor. So if you ever just go into active campaign, it, because it's um, attached to your email address, it actually will, um, will pull up all those other emails so that very easily you will be able to look at all, everything that's ever happened with this person. And um, when you have a thousand or more people on your past investor list, it's going to make it a lot easier for you to keep track of them. Yeah, that's very helpful. And you mean um, deliverable rate on MailChimp, meaning um, it's low that it gets caught by spam filters just based on the fact that it's coming through MailChimp. Is that right? Yeah, a higher likeliness than um, some of the others. We like Active hmm. Campaign best, but um, there's others that are very similar to MailChimp, um, Constant Contact, and a couple of others that are hard, more difficult up front to get the investor on your list. But because of that, because they actually have to opt in, um, when it comes from that server, from that um, constant contact or active campaign or you fill in the blank, anything other than MailChimp, um, it, it is trusted more by hmm. mailing servers, or at least that's what I'm told by the smart people. <laughs> well, I, I can totally believe that. I've heard that elsewhere, but with much less explanation. So I definitely appreciate the explanation and the, and the logic behind that. That's, that's great. And, um, you know, I've Definitely interested in getting your your business partners on the show to talk more deeply about the the technology and automation side of the business because I think we can save a lot of time with these different uh, different things and be a lot more effective with using yeah. automations. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Cool. So I, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to take a quick break for our sponsor. All right, Adam. I got three questions. I ask every guest on the show. Are you ready? Yep. All right. First one, what is the best investment you've ever made? The best investment that I've ever made was an investment in my, um, in my coach and mentor that had nothing to do with real estate. It was more of a mindset coach. Hmm. Um, so, so that was something where I always thought that I was, I thought big, but when I got the mindset coach, um, he, uh, when I was, he, he challenged me on in every level of my business. He's like, well, why do you want that? Why do you going to do this? Why do you think that? And it really got me to think outside the box. And, um, the day that I did that, and this is not a lie. It's insane. It, it, it sounds like an exaggeration, but my income changed 10 times. My net income changed by 10 times, not twice, but 10 times uh, from within a few months of hiring that person. Wow. So that was the biggest, best investment I've, I've ever made. And I remember thinking it was going to be expensive to hire this person. And, um, and, and I just thought, was it even going to be worth it? Like, why would I spend that much? But after, right after doing that, I could never imagine going back to where I was like 
with my income multiplied that much, I, I could never go back. It's, it's, it's insane. So I would, <laughs> I would suggest other people look into that. Great ROI. On the other side of that, what is the worst investment you ever made? Wow. Great question. I would have to say that the worst investment I made was probably also still a good one. It was a real estate deal that I ended up losing money. Um, but like Rod Cleef always says, he, he talks about these things, these mistakes, more of, as seminars instead of mistakes. Mm -hmm. And really, we become wisest by making the mistakes. So it was the worst because... I don't want to lose money in anything, but it was also the best because at the same time, I've, every time I make a failure, I get smarter, I get, I get more conservative, I get more educated, I get more wise. And so um, I, I don't want to discourage people from making mistakes. I just want people to know that you can lose money in real estate. I've done it. You can lose money in real estate and come out on the other side and, and it's not going to completely ruin your life, I suppose. It shouldn't. It's, <laughs> it's, as long true. as you fall forward. As long as you fall for, fail forward. Fail forward. Yeah, I like that. My favorite question at the end of the show is, what is the most important lesson that you've learned in investing? The most important lesson that I've learned is definitely around partners. And if we had two days to go over partnerships and partnership <laughs> structures and vetting partners, um, I think it could be beneficial. But here's the takeaway for the listener who's gung-ho and eager to get involved. And they know that the person that fulfills the other sides where they are weak is the best person for them to partner with. All I want to suggest here is that you do take some time to learn how to do due diligence on other people and realize also that we can date before we get married. You don't have to literally meet somebody and become their business partner all the way. You can date or do a joint venture on a deal or two. And as you um, go out to dinner with them or do the first deal or the second deal, as you kind of get to know them over these dates, then it's time for you to propose. So what I've noticed with me and many other people is they don't look at these business relationships the same as marriage. And that's a failure. That's a mistake. And I've made it. I've made it multiple times over the years. So to sum it up, please, before you get into a partnership, just understand that, that you want to first vet them and then you want to start dating them or, you know, do a couple of joint ventures, get to know them well before you decide that you're going to start an LLC and, and you two or you three are going to go the same direction forever. Just wait until you get to know each other a little bit before you do that. Nice. I love it. Well, Adam, it's been a, a fantastic conversation today. Like I said, at the, at the start of the conversation, 
you always bring a lot of value whenever we talk and, and I'm sure the listener has got a lot of value out of our conversation today. If folks want to learn more about you and your business and your own podcast and all that, where can they uh, find you? Best place is real bluespruce.com. There's the blue spruce tree. I'm, I live in Colorado. Colorado's got the blue spruce, but we're the real blue spruce. So just go to realbluespruce.com. That's our hub for everything. They could find my email. They could find the podcast. They could find my bio, look at the deals we've done, look at our past investment opportunities. Um, everything's there at that hub. Just go to realbluespruce.com. Nice, nice. Well, once again, I really appreciate everything today. I always learn a lot talking to you and and just in in addition to the direct lessons that I learned from you um, based on, you know, just teaching. I also get very inspired by your your level of hustle and systematization or whatever the word is and and uh, creativeness. I mean, you host the, the creative real estate podcast and you're, you're creative all around. So I definitely uh, appreciate those uh, lessons by osmosis as well. Oh, thank you for having me. I love what you're doing. Um, every time that I've been in person with you, I'm also inspired. I think that you, um, all of the things that you said you respect in me, I, I see in you. So um, maybe the reason you're noticing them is because you have them, um, but you're crushing it. So thank you for the opportunity to be on your show. Well, I definitely appreciate that. I'm just a copycat. That's all I can claim uh, claim ownership of. But uh, yeah, <laughs> thanks again. To everybody out there, thank you for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a rating and review on iTunes. It's a very big help. And uh, if you know anyone out there that could use a little bit more passive wealth in their lives, please share the show with them and bring them into the tribe. Thank you for tuning in. I hope you have a great day and a great rest of your week. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. Bye-bye.